He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy. Lord, we thank you that you came for each one. We thank you that you came to proclaim good news. And so if you're here tonight and all you've been hearing is bad news, Christ has good news. Thank you that you came to proclaim freedom for the captives. So if you're captive tonight, if you're bound, if you're burdened, Christ has a word of freedom for you. Freedom. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that in your presence there is freedom. In your words there's freedom. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. We thank your eyes would be open tonight. Spiritual eyes. The eyes of our heart. To see things we've never seen before. To recognise your voice as we've never recognised it before. To understand your wisdom, your way, your truth. And we thank you that you came, Jesus, claim freedom for the oppressed and if you're oppressed by anything or any circumstance or any condition we thank you that the name of Jesus is greater that there's power in his blood And we thank you for your touch tonight. Holy Spirit, we give you the meeting. We give you this atmosphere. We give you all of us. We want you. We want all that you have for us and nothing less. 
And we thank you that we can be grateful and joyful for what you're going to do in our midst tonight. We're expectant for you to move. We're expectant to hear. We're expectant to be transformed. And that's why we've come tonight. We've come in faith, Lord. And all you need is a mustard seed. We thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you for the transformation. We thank you for your presence. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. Awesome. We also thank you, Lord, for the public holiday. And everyone said, that's the loudest amen I've ever heard in this room. You've got to get your priorities right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. It's, uh, it's great to have you all here. Welcome to He Sent His Word. My name's Dorian, if I haven't met you. Uh, Lots of new faces I can see, so a very warm welcome. And if you are new here, you've never been before, and you have kids aged four and up, they're welcome to join the kids' ministry upstairs. If you just head upstairs, the team will look after you up there. Just remember to go and collect them as soon as the service is over. And we are on uh, Wednesday nights, uh, 7.30 p.m. in here though we do get together earlier at 6.30 for prayers, so you're welcome to join us for that. And um, I think that's all for me. Um, I I was reading this scripture earlier today, and I thought I'd share it just before Pastor Tony uh, comes up. Uh, Psalms 119, and it says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding even to the simple. And the unfolding of the words of God gives light. And I don't think we can ever say that we've, um, we've got enough light because we can always do with more light from God. And um, I love the analogy of the light that when Jesus was here, he said it on the light of the world. And um, his word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And um, I love the analogy of light because he's taken us from a kingdom of darkness and into his marvellous light. And that's the word of God, that's Jesus, that he casts out the darkness and the darkness can't even understand the light. So I'm excited to hear from Pastor Tony tonight as the unfolding of God's word brings light to us all. Can we stand and welcome up Pastor Tony tonight? How you doing? It worked. Hallelujah. Let's just stand for a sec and just thank the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Holy Spirit, have your way. You are the teacher. You are the spirit of truth, and you guide us into all truth. We thank you, Father, that you did not withhold, but you sent your only begotten Son. He died on the cross, shed his blood. The veil was torn. The 
the Spirit of God left it, that temple, never to dwell in man-made temples again, but to dwell in the hearts of you who love him. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way tonight. I ask for a blessing. Lord, I command everyone's spirit to rise up to attention, to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. And we give you all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Welcome this long weekend. Is it the Queen's birthday or the King's birthday? Either way, we'll take the holiday. We only have one king, amen. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So your lovely faces today. For those who are visiting here, you're welcome. Um, the Bible says that in the last days, he'll pour out his spirit. Men and women. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost um, when the Holy Spirit fell and the Bible says like a rushing wind came and Pentecost is a Jewish feast. It was the feast of first fruits. So you had Passover. You've got many other unleavened, this feast of unleavened, but Passover, which was where they sacrificed the lamb. That was where Jesus was celebrating the Passover in the Last Supper that we call it the Last Supper. He was celebrating the Passover and saying, you know, symbolically, the Jews would kill a lamb and celebrate Passover when the angel of death flew over Egypt. Any Egyptians here? No, no, we win. But no, the angel of death came over. I'm sorry, I'm joking. I know. And they, they killed the lamb and, and the lamb's blood was put on the doorpost. So when the angel of death came and saw the blood, it would pass over. And they celebrate that, saying how God delivered them from bondage, from Pharaoh. And that the blood of a lamb was the protection. So when the angel of death saw that blood, he'd pass over and everybody in that house would be saved. And then obviously they celebrate that every year as a Passover feast. Celebrate the Passover feast, killing a lamb and, and celebrating that till this day. But Pentecost was the first fruit. So that was the time of the year where harvest time came. And if you had a farm, if you had sheep, if you, whatever you did for work, you would bring your first fruits to the temple as a blessing because that was the first fruits. That was the season of harvest. And it's interesting to note that um, it's interesting to, to note that the first fruits or the week of the celebration of the feast of of weeks they call it or Pentecost. Pentecost meaning five. That that's when the disciples were all together in the upper room. Everyone knows the story. If you don't, it's in Acts. And the Holy Spirit fell. And there was Jews from all around the world celebrating this feast in Jerusalem. It was an annual festival. And they heard them speaking in a language. And they said, we can hear them speaking in our language. When the Holy Spirit fell and they started to speak in tongues. And the Bible says that they thought they were drunk. Peter, five minutes before this, was in hiding of the Jews. They had seen Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. They had seen the miracles. Then they see him crucified. He's buried and he, ro he rose again. And they see a risen Christ. But Jesus says a comment, he says, it's better that I go. He says, how can it be better that you go? He says, it's better that I go because if I don't go, the wonder, the promise of the Father will not come, the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth and he will guide you into all truth. They still don't understand it. He says, we're bringing back 
to your remembrance everything I have taught you. He had spoken about this in John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. So at this point, now Peter, tough guy, he was a tough guy because he pulled the sword and attacked the centurion and chopped his ear off. People say, oh wow, what a good shot. He wasn't going for his ear, he was going for his head. And God heals him and says, Peter, don't. Now Peter denies Jesus three times and Peter said, I'll go to jail for you, Lord. If they, he goes, if they deny you, I won't deny you. How many people have said that? I'll never do what he does and we fall in that same hole. And Pentecost comes. Now Peter's hiding. The Bible says they're in fear of the Jews. All of a sudden, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. They think they're drunk. And Peter gets up and addresses the Jewish, the most religious Jews of their day. It's like saying you go in the middle of the most religious hierarchy of any church and then you start to preach. And 3,000 of them gave their life to the Lord that day. 3,000. He was, he was scared five minutes ago. And now, boldness came upon him. Why? Because the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Isn't it interesting in today's day that they're denying the power of the Holy Spirit? They limit the Holy Spirit to a feeling, to an emotion, or nothing at all. Oh, that died with the disciples. When the disciples died, the power of God died. So you're trying to tell me that the Bible prophesies in the Old Testament that one day the Spirit of God will fall. And that finally happens when Jesus, the first gift that Jesus gave to the church after the cross was the power to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, Today's not so much about tongues per se, it's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If I am meant to receive power, let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 7 and we'll walk through this. Nothing's more dearer to my heart than Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift, if God never gave me nothing ever again in my life, never healed me from a disease ever again, never gave me a provision ever again, never... But it's enough to know that he loved me enough to die for me and to give me the great Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that because I'm getting a bit carried away already. And he said to them, who was he? Jesus. said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which my father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive. Everyone say, you shall. You shall. Not you might. Not you probably, mate, if you're lucky, uh, if you're good enough, if you pay for it, if your ancestors come from the Middle East, if you're a Syrian Chaldean or the first Armenian Christians or Lebanese. They think, to this day, Lebanese think Jesus was Maronite. <laughs> but you know, Jesus, he was Lebanese. I can prove it, I promise. Oh, I've gone off track already. Jesus lived with his mother till he was 30. He worked in his carpentry business with his dad. He went everywhere with his cousins causing trouble. But the clincher is that he walks on water because Lebos can't swim. Uh, can someone say amen? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Look what he says. You shall be my witnesses to me. You'll be my witnesses to me. In other words, everything we do in life is for him. For his name's sake. Yes, we go out into all the world. Yes, we preach the gospel. Yes, we love people. We feed people. We help people. We pray for people. But it's ultimate for him. It's for his name's sake. Not for our name's sake. We get the benefit, but it's for him. Amen? 
and we be witness to him in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Parramatta, compared to Jerusalem, is the ends of the earth. We live in the ends of the earth, amen. I've had been told recently, and, there, and there's a bit of a thing going on, it's, I've had it all my life. No, 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 no. See, that's demonic. That died back then. And usually the ones that want to argue with you and tell you all the, the historical, apostolic, this is what used to happen now. And I always, argue, I always just sit there and listen. Before, I used to want to lay hands on them, you know, like. But now I just listen. And I ask them one question. Have you seen a miracle in your church, in your life, in your ministry? Have you seen the power of the Holy Spirit move in your life? People get saved, praise God. But have you seen the move of the Holy Spirit according to the book of Acts, according to the Bible? Have you seen a demon come out of someone and get set free? Have you seen someone get healed? Have you seen someone get delivered from alcohol and drugs and and I went through the whole list. He goes, none. He goes, he goes, then you're trying to tell me it doesn't exist. I don't want what you're selling, brother. Because I've seen it all my life. If God can save this young boy in the back streets, not know nothing, and get see the power of the Holy Spirit moving. He said, I live in the ends of the earth. See, this is for you and for your children and who is afar. Don't let the devil rob you of what the power of the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Some people get it wrong. Some people mess it up. Some people abuse it. I get it. But don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Have you heard that saying? The, the bath water is dirty. It's other water, so we throw the baby out with it. Don't allow the enemy to rob you from religious thinking. Because we have a power on the inside of us. If you call Jesus Lord and you've repented of your sin and you're part of his kingdom, guess what lives on the inside of you? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. See, the problem is we're still looking to man to solve our problem. And we say it's God. But you know what? We've treated the Holy Spirit like a genie in a bottle. Three wishes and he'll fix me up. It's a relationship with the third person of the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he's willing to make all things known to us. But there's a system, there's a way that God acts with us. You know, isn't it interesting that when Peter... Uh, after the discipleship, it's, I didn't even have this in my notes, but it's in um, Acts chapter 6, where there was a lot of need in the church at the time. So the church was growing, God was adding to the church daily. He says, man, we're doing too much here. We're not, we're not giving ourselves time to prayer and fasting and reading the word. We're just serving on tables and everyone, there's a need. We know there's a massive need. And Peter says, what does Peter say? He says, go find me seven men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. See, the credentials was, are you credible? Have you got good influence? And are you filled with the Holy Spirit? That was Peter's credentials. He didn't say, find me seven men with great giftings. Or seven men that know how to draw a crowd. Or seven men with a lot of money. Or seven men that have paid a price. No, no, give me full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And they picked seven men. And we know the story, Stephen was one of the seven men. And Stephen got stoned by Paul. And you've got to understand something. Paul, whose name was Saul at the time, ordered the murder of Stephen, who ends up getting converted, and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, and Saul becomes Paul, who writes most of the Bible for us today that we read. What a transformation. But while they're stoning, because the Bible says that the people that were stoning Stephen took their clothes off, or took their garments off, 
and put the, the, their clothes at the feet of a man named Saul. And they stoned him. He ordered the murder. That same murderer, the first martyr in Jesus that we, is recorded as Stephen, the guy that caused the martyr ends up being one of the greatest apostles to preach the gospel. That's all because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I wouldn't put him in my team. <laughs> you can't trust that guy. But thank God, God doesn't look at the outward. doesn't look at what you've done. He looks at what the Holy Spirit's doing on the inside of you. Come on, there's a hope in us for the joy that's in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? It's interesting to know when Peter, he was Jewish, he was a fisherman. And even after they saw the miracles, even after everything Jesus taught, they still thought everything was for them. They still thought that the kingdom of God and Christ, what he did at the cross, was for the Jewish people. And who remembers the story? Peter's having a sleep on the top of the roof. And he has a vision, a trance. And he sees a sheep come down with every unclean animal. And the vision, in the vision, God says, eat. He says, oh, that's unclean. Not one unclean thing's touched my lips. And they came down two, another time. Then it came, it came down three times. He says, nothing unclean's ever touched my lips. What he was saying was, I've never broken the law, the Mosaic dietary laws. I've never eaten anything that's unclean. To them, uh, pigs were unclean and um, crab fish was unclean and prawns were unclean. Everything we eat, all unclean, all right? Thank God I don't eat any of them except for him and pineapple pizzas. But thank God Jesus sanctified it. He goes, eat. And then he says in the vision, do not call anything, do not call things unclean which I've made clean. So now Peter's in this vision, in this trance, and he's having this fight because he thinks it's about food. But then an angel appears and says, now Peter, I want you to go to this man named Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion. He's in another place. Go. So he goes. Cornelius is praying. He's not Jewish, but he loved God. He gave alms to God. He fasted. He prayed. He was an Italian. Any Italians here? Keep your hand down. <laughs> and he was a Roman centurion. And he got a vision from an angel that says, someone's going to come and tell you the way of salvation. Isn't it interesting? This, God honoured this man. He gave alms, which he gave money. He, he, he prayed. He did everything right to serve the living God. And all the goodness he had attracted to God. So God saw what this man was doing. Was he a good man? I, don't, I haven't had an angel visit me lately, have you? <laughs> Put Rams aside. But anyone else? <laughs> but, so what he was doing got God's attention. What he was doing registered in heaven. And an angel said, there's a man coming to tell you. But what was he coming to tell him? Does anyone know? Why did Jesus, why did the angel tell Peter to go to this man's house? Because he says that he'll tell you the way to salvation. Because you can't get saved without the blood of Jesus. You can be good. You can give to the poor. You can do all good deeds. You can be lovely. You, know, you, can, do not, you can not do all those bad sins. You ain't going to make it unless it's for the blood of Jesus. If this man got God's attention and sent him an angel... It says, now I'm going to send someone to tell you how to get saved. He comes. Peter preaches. And he goes through. He goes, you know what? I perceive now. I know what my dream was. He had a dream about food, not eating unclean food. But I do know now he's not talking about food. He's talking about people. Because the Jews could not. It's unlawful for a Jew to go in and eat with a Gentile. Anyone who's not a Jew is considered a Gentile. Unclean. He was not allowed to be in that room according to the law. 
according to have a relationship and eat with them. But now he's in the house. He goes, now I perceive that God has, does not show partiality. And he preaches what? The gospel. He tells them about Jesus and how he died and how he forgave our sins and how he rose from the dead. And while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius and the family and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's read it because I think no one's going to believe me. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Acts 10, 44. What happened? Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking, now I just told you the background, all right? Because I was jumping the gun, all right? While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. When they speak about the circumcision, they're talking about the Jews. Those who came with Peter were Jews. They call them of the circumcision. Imagine getting known. Oh, g'day! There's the circumcision guy, a friend of ours, you know? Imagine. He's going, hi, how are you? <laughs> no, joking, joking. <laughs> and those who were of the circumcision Jews who believed, stay with me, stay with me, please. I promise there was no jokes today. I've failed in the first three minutes. Who believed were astonished, as many as come with Peter. So whoever came with Peter were from the Jewish background, all right? And they were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So now they're getting a rude shock. It's not just for us. But hang on. Why would the Holy Spirit say circumcision? Because the Gentiles weren't circumcised. In other words, they never fulfilled any of Moses' laws. They eat pig. They eat swine. They eat eljana. They eat the bully. Whatever. They eat... Um, what do you eat? What's the school, by the way? I busted you. What's the school? <laughs> you got the Bible, you guy. You got me. <laughs> I was actually wanting to know the score. They eat everything. They don't keep no dietary laws. They don't keep the Mosaic law. And yet now they just got filled with the Holy Spirit. But how do they know they got filled with the Holy Spirit? Next verse, please. For they heard them speak with as, and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues. Now I can get a hundred stories in the Old Testament in, in Acts the same way. That's an awesome scripture. <laughs> so what I'm trying to get at is this is for you and for your family. Now, I, was, I just put, honestly, let me just disclaimer here. You don't need to speak in tongues to get to heaven. It doesn't mean if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. The minute you confess Jesus, Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. When Jesus breathed on the disciples, they were born of, from above. Their spirit was renewed. But then he says, wait for the promise to come. Why? Is it just for them? Why would he wait all those years for the Messiah come and pour out his Holy Spirit just on 12 men? And when they die, it's over. So the Holy Spirit, everything Jesus did was for 12 men for 80 years? Come on, man. Christ in us, the hope of glory, gave us the fullness of heaven. Why? Because he wants to fulfill the mandate on earth to be his witness unto him. If, if Peter, James, John, Matthew, Bartholomew, Nathan, all these guys walked with him, ate with him, loved him, saw him, 
saw the miracles, died and see him die and see him rise again. And they couldn't start the church without the Holy Spirit. What are we going to do? It's just practical. I think it is. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he says he'll be your teacher. The Bible says you don't need no man to teach you. Now what he means by that is, don't just start leaving now because now I'm, I'll, lose, I'll lose my job. No. He's, what he's saying was, everything I share with you now, you need to be registered by the Holy Spirit within yourself. If you don't read, you don't know what I'm saying. But it's up to you to search a matter out. It's up to you to hear from the Holy Spirit. I had someone come up to me once, took your advice. Oh, I think I shared this. Took your advice. The Holy Spirit told me to leave my wife. <laughs> Which spirit were you listening to, brother? I think that's Jack Daniels you're drinking. And, uh... He goes, brother, do you think the Holy Spirit will go against his word? The Holy Spirit does not bring anything that's not out, outside his word. If it's not in his word, don't believe it. Because he never, he goes, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself. He only speaks what he hears from me and my father from the throne. Are you with me? He doesn't go outside his word. If we don't know his word, you won't know if it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. He only glorifies Jesus. See, the gifts of the Spirit on the church are for the edification of the church. Not to put my name in lights. Not to make money from it. It's to edify the church. You're the church, I'm the church. Because if I edify you, you edify someone else, you get edified someone. Guess what happens? Everyone gets edified, everyone gets built up, everyone gets the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone gets the, the good news, as Dorian said. It's good news. People walk around, oh, I've got good news. Well, how come you walk around miserable? How come you're always in defeat? How come you always need a prayer? How come you always need, you've got issues? Why? What, what is it that you're not understanding? What is it that you're not willing to believe? shared this this morning with our friends. I said, self-righteousness and self-pity is the same spirit. It's still about you. It's still about me. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. All right, you've been through it. Move on. Oh, I'm not like them. Rebs touched on it last week about the Pharisee. He says, you know, he prays, thank God for not making me like that tax collector. Self-righteousness and self-pity. So we've got so much on the inside of us that God wants to release. Now God gives us and equips us. He equips us to do and fulfill the calling on our life. He doesn't leave us as an orphan. You join the army, they train you, give you all the techniques. You play rugby league, they train you. you whatever you do, you become a dentist, they train you. You all get trained in and equipped to do because no one just puts you out there. It's the same in the body of Christ. See, God's poured out His Spirit in every believer. And I want to share this, uh, this analogy with you. If you can have that first photo. Who knows what that is? It's a dam. And he's not swearing. That's the Hoover Dam. Anyone heard of the Hoover Dam? It's in America. <laughs> I think it's, in, it's on between Nevada and Colorado, yeah. If you have a look at this dam, it's, 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 they built it to help flooding. But they also what they did, they, they, they did it for, obviously, flood retention. And what they did, 
they built the dam and they make gateways. If you have a look, there's gates here. And what happens is when it gets overflown, well, they actually, they actually release the water all the time, but it's controlled. Can I have the next photo for a second? So that water gets accumulated. These are the big turbines, the, the, if you want to like a generator like a, on, in your alternator in your car or a fan. And what had happened was that they accumulate the water and then they leak it out. And as it gets to overflow, they'll release more. But the more they release it, it goes through these gates and it causes hydroelectricity. So now they power the, the whole towns and the cities in that area with hydroelectricity. The water, can we go back one? The water is accumulated here. Just to save flooding and to, to, for disasters. But they release it, so they worked it out that they can release it and generate power, generate electricity. Isn't it interesting, the Bible says that when you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, we are a body of believers that are accumulating so much from God. The Holy Spirit resides in our spirit. We have the word. We have worship. We, we watch preachers after preachers. We get all this living water in us, but no one releases it to generate power. See, while that water sits in the dam, it's great. It's got every potential, but it has no power. But here, look what I wrote here. The water rushes through the wicked gate. It flows past blades that spin, and the turbine, and they drive the, the, rotor, the, the rotors inside a generator, which then creates spinning magnetic field to produce electricity. And then it says the hydromagnetic dam goes through the gates, helps to control water flow, and reaches the generator. And when, the, when it turns, it determines how much power the dam can generate. These gates are very important to the dam's performance and operation. So there's something about collecting the water, and it's something about releasing the water through the gate. So someone says to me, why do you pray in the Spirit? Can I just think it? Well, you can think it, but nothing happens if it doesn't go through the gate of your mouth. Did God think the world into existence, or did he speak the world into existence? The Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. If the word's not spoken, faith cannot come. True. When we speak in tongues, what are we doing? We are speaking through our inner man. The water's filled. Now we're letting it go through the gate. Let it go through the overflow. I don't know what I'm saying. Great, because you would destroy the prayer. God wants to pray the perfect will through, through your life. Why? Because he wants to establish in you the kingdom of God. My mind is not fruitful, the Bible says. My mind is enmity to God. I struggle with God. If God was to tell me, that I'm doing this 20 years ago, there's no way I would have prayed for this because that's not what I wanted to do. But when I pray in the Spirit, according to His Word, guess what? The perfect will of God has been established in the realm of the Spirit. I'm speaking the great mysteries hidden in Christ before the foundation of the world. So the Holy Spirit gives me the words, I do the speaking, and I wait for faith to rise up on the inside of me. Just like that dam. But unless it goes through the gate of your mouth, there's no power. People don't understand why we were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your great teacher, but he has to bypass your natural mind. Because let me, let's be honest, our natural mind are the greatest enemy to God. Am I saying something wrong? Isn't it true that our flesh rises up, faith doesn't come, we're double-minded, we're not sure what we believe, we get offended at a drop of a hat, he's too loud, he's too small, he's too short, he's too ugly, not me, but everyone else, you know. <laughs> 
So the first step to understanding the power of the Holy Spirit is to acknowledge him as part of the Godhead. Not a feeling and an emotion. Some of the garbage I hear today from Christians, and I said, that's not the Holy Spirit, that's a demonic spirit talking. See, the first thing is to be sensitive to his voice. Sensitive to his voice. Remember one day, um, I was walking down the street. Amen. And um, wasn't thinking of God, wasn't praying, just, I was at work, just, and, <laughs> and the Lord spoke in my spirit. And I'm not saying it's a voice, I'm not saying, you know, it was just the small, the still small voice. I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And he gave me a word for someone in a shopping center. I said, no thanks. <laughs> but the word that I got wasn't so much for me to give them that word, but the Lord spoke a word about someone that, I, that walked past in the shopping center. See, sometimes to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit isn't about just sitting quiet and listening. Who's ever waited for a phone to ring? Let's be honest. But when you get familiar, now, I can walk in from the front and start talking and everyone here will say, oh, Tony's here, you can hear him. You got familiar with my voice. True? I was walking down in Terrigal uh, last Christmas and I was in a, a, a resort there and I was walking down the side path to go down to the main square in Terrigal. Now, a friend of mine who I work for, who do work for, he was in a building, I didn't know this, he was in a building next door, working in an apartment building. And I'm walking down talking, and he goes, Tony! I go, how'd you know it was me? He goes, I can hear your voice on Molloy. <laughs> but he got familiar with my voice. So even though, it's not, when I say you'd be sensitive, it doesn't mean you have to be quiet. It's about knowing to be sensitive to the voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in the shop, I said, I got a word. Now, I didn't know what to do with that word. I, I wasn't going to go approach the people. I didn't feel led to go approach the people. It was, it was harsh. It was, I don't want to say it. Anyway, long story short, I tell the brother in the Lord, we pray about it. Two weeks later, that word that I got about someone came into our Bible study. And God dealt with that issue in that person's life. In other words, I don't know the person. I knew the connected person. I knew what happened to that person through the word I got in the shopping center, but I couldn't do anything about it because it's not something you're going to just go and... But we prayed and we waited and the Holy Spirit brought that person because I think two things happened here. I was sensitive to his voice, but I didn't abuse what God gave me. I was sensitive because the next thing I was going to say, I was obedient. And when that person walked in our Bible studies, we were able to minister to that person and bring healing to that person. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But that just didn't happen because, oh, you heard from God. If I haven't spent time with him, to get familiar with him, because he deals with every individual according to you. God speaks to you in the way you understand. I'm a picture person. I'm a storyteller. I see stories. I see stories all the time. I tell stories. I've got more stories than Meriton Apartments. You know, there's more. <laughs> to be sensitive. Because how am I going to be empowered about my children? 
I can tell you story after story, been praying in the spirit. And I'm praying, Lord, I'm going to, you know, and in my mind, I'm taking on the world. I'm casting out principalities. And all I get is love your wife. <laughs> I love my wife. You know, one day I was working. Can I, can I share that story about it? She doesn't know what I'm going to share. I was working. I was busy. And my wife called me. And she said, oh, if you're not doing anything, and you know when men are at work, not doing anything. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, I'm ashamed of this, all right? So I'm, Bible says confess your sins to one another. And just don't tell this side of the room. They go tell everybody. This side of the room, don't tell anybody. And I was working. Have I got time to do that? Leave me alone. I shut the phone. Like, oh, and she didn't think anything of it because I was working busy. She was just ringing. Anyway, I said, I've got nothing to do. And I'm walking up the... And then the Holy Spirit, talk about sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. He goes, you're a very rude man. And I stopped. Heard it clear as day. You're a very rude man. So I get on the phone. Where are you? Oh, I'm just going to get picked up. I'll come with you. So she picks me up. We go for a drive. We have a bit of a chat. And I repented. I said, look, the Holy Spirit told me you're a very rude man. Janet was, at the time, was, you know, something was troubling her. And she's crying. She goes, yeah, you are. You're not meant to agree. You're meant to give me bra- You're meant to give me grace. <laughs> but they're the little things. I could tell you a thousand stories like that. Why? Because I want to take on the world. I want to bring. I want. But God's interested in my backyard. God's interested in how I deal with my wife. God's interested in how I deal with my children. God's interested in how I deal with you. You know, I want to take on the world. And yeah, we're going to take on the world. We're going to, we're going to bring down, we're going to bring the glory of the Lord here because he's waiting for us to rise up. But you know what? Don't get hooked up on what you can't do, but listen to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive and be obedient to when he speaks. Amen. Amen. Oh, what's that going to do with tongues? You know what? Tongues is the greatest way to get you off your perch because you have no control. I love people when I pray for them. Hannah, okay, full control freak. Because you want to you control the Holy Spirit? I don't have a problem if no one does. I just have a problem with people that don't surrender to the will of the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why, would you, why don't you want more from God? Come on. Why don't you want more from God? Why don't you want more from God? He's willing to give you the things of the kingdom. And we say, no, I'm, I'm happy. No, 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 no. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. When we hear of power, we see of power. Let's go take on the world. You know what power is? Able to forgive when I can't forgive. Able to release some addiction when I can't forgive. Able to stand firm in truth when I can't. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness to Him. It's not just about casting devils and healing the sick and raising the dead. It's about living my life according to His will. For if He paid the ultimate price for my life, how can I destroy that and tread on the blood of Jesus by not fulfilling the call of God on my life and your life? I don't know if you noticed, the world's going to hell. And when God starts to move in you, the third thing I want you to do is to stay in humility. Because it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. Because we can get and take the glory. And when we take the glory, see, the greatest, the greatest obstacle I've seen in 20 years of serving God, I've been in church, I've served under some of the greatest men of God, served, on, served under guys that I didn't think they were that crash hot, but later I realized how important it was for me to serve them and to, 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 to serve God in every sphere of influence. But the greatest thing is consistency. 
You want the anointing, you want the hype, but no one's ever consistent enough. And if there's no consistency to sit under the teaching and to be obedient to where God's placed you, you, some of you people might be taken out of here and taken around the world to preach the gospel. And I pray that is the case. But until you get fed, until you get built up, until you get edified. See, see the problem is this. We want, to be, we want to be champions. I heard this when I was playing football. You want, to be, you want to be a mug during the week and a champion on the weekend. doesn't happen. See, there's a price to be paid. Now, you might not be thinking like you. You just want to get through life. Good. You still need the power of the Holy Spirit. You still need the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's the most rejected person in the Trinity because we don't understand him. The, third, the fourth thing I want to share with you is don't ever get to a place where you don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. Oh, we always need the Holy Spirit. Yeah, sure. Once I get established, the fear is you've gone through some battles and you've won. Amen. You've preached the gospel and people got saved. Amen. And you've seen the miracles of God. Amen. And you've seen God move in every situation of your life. And things are looking good. And then you stop relying on the Holy Spirit because you think now you've made it. The greatest danger for any man or woman of God. I always have to be reliant. If he doesn't show up tonight, I'm just telling jokes. And you're not getting blessed. But I have to rely on him. So that means he's in control. He's the one that knows all things I don't. But see, is he like that in your life? In your everyday life? He's interested in every part of your life, people. He's not just interested in you on Sunday. He's interested in every part of the day of your life. Because when we understand him, he heals our heart. He's the helper. Or what are the names of the Holy Spirit? Quick. Comforter. Counselor. Teacher. Guidance, truth, life, the spirit of Christ, spirit of grace, spirit of faith, fire, helper. This is the job of the Holy Spirit, but he's not our servant. We don't prostitute the Holy Spirit because you've got a nice feeling that you want to do something for yourself and you won't sit five minutes to get taught and get purged by your flesh so you can be, stand firm. I've seen mighty people of God with the great gifting, better preachers than me and, and better teachers and better all that and yet today they're lost to the world. Why? They weren't obedient enough to stay put to learn what God's trying to teach them. God loves us, Amen. He says, I'll never leave you as an orphan. Well, if he doesn't leave me as an orphan, that means he doesn't leave me fatherless. So I want to touch quickly, 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 and we'll go, and if the Lord permits me, I'll talk a bit further about this. But there's four things. I need to address this quickly. That wasn't what I was going to do, but I want to address it quickly. Tongues are for today. Amen. Now, let me go back one step. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. Tongues is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues is just the overflow, the evidence. All right? Now, you can have the Holy Spirit not speaking tongues. Please don't misunderstand me. But when Jesus breathed onto the disciples, he says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit because now they're born from above. That means they had their faith and trust in Christ. Now, no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit if you're washed in the blood. Amen? Amen. Can we come to an agreement? You're going to heaven. But why did he say, now wait for the promise to come? 
Because there's something about to come upon you that's greater than you. There's something that come upon you because I can't be with you 24 hours, 7 days a week. I'm going back to heaven but with the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, which means he's parallel to me. He's just like me. He's my spirit and he'll be with you, in you and teach you and remind you of everything I have told you. He'll be, then, then you'll be my witnesses. Does that make sense? The church didn't start when Christ went to the grave. The church didn't start when Jesus rose from the grave. Church didn't start when he walked around and met 500 people risen from the dead. It only started when the great Holy Spirit fell. Because he knew enough to know you're a frail human being that can get swayed with every wind and doctrine. So I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit and then you can be my witnesses. You don't need no one else. Someone said to me, oh, but we learn off people. Yeah, I do. We learn off people. But I don't worship no one but Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If, the, if you believe that Jesus lives inside you, why do you need to look to any other man? Or what happened last year? What happened 10,000 years ago? You need to look within you because the great Holy Spirit is the great teacher. If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, why do you look to anyone else? Because we love mysticism. We love to be swayed. We you know why we like that? Because we don't want to surrender to the truth. So the first thing tongues does, it's your personal edification. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 4, quickly. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now he's talking about, if I speak in tongues right now, I'm not doing nothing for you. I'm just edifying myself. I'm just happened to be speaking in front of you. Paul addressed that in the church because what the Corinthian church was doing, they were jumping up, they mucked up all the gifts. He says, no point in me standing here for an hour and nobody tell you what I said. So my personal prayer life, this is for every believer that wants it, that is willing to receive it by faith. You can only receive this if you've been washed by the blood. You can't receive this gift if you're not washed by the blood. See, every gift in the Bible, prophecy, miracles, words of knowledge, signs and wonders. All these gifts in the Bible that talks about wisdom, revelation, was all in the Old Testament. The only two gifts that were in the Old Testament was tongues and, and interpretation of tongues. So what, what's the point, Lord? Why would, I, why would you give me a language I don't understand? He goes, because I need to impart into you from heaven. See, when you gave your life to Jesus, you partook of the kingdom of God. Your nature has become of his nature. He tore the veil. You know the temple veil? Anyone understand what the temple? Outside was the outer court. Then you walk inside into the inner court. Then the high priest will go into the holy of holies. The outer court represents the flesh, our flesh. The inner court represents our soul because they're in there worshipping and praising. Your, your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. So many people get the spirit man and the soul man mixed up. They go, oh, I feel God. No, you're not. You're just emotionally... So the outer court represents the flesh. That's where the brazen altar was. That's where the sacrifices happened. The inner court was where they worshipped. Emotion. Soul. But the holy of holies represents the spirit. Only the high priest was allowed in there. But when the, when the veil was torn at the cross, everyone remember that? When Jesus gave up his spirit, the Bible says the veil was torn from top to bottom. And the spirit of God left the temple. Never to dwell in man-made temples again. But to dwell where? The minute Pentecost came, he came back and dwelt in the hearts of men. So now the veil has been torn. The Holy of Holies is inside you. 
And guess what? Stop looking at the flesh. Because that's outside getting crucified. Inside your soul. I'm emotion. Doesn't matter. I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. I walk by faith, not by emotion. I don't feel right today. Bad luck. Why? I want to bypass. Because you know what happens when I pray in the spirit, guys? I edify myself. This is, this is a note, Dave Robeson, best teacher in the world about this. This is the supernatural language of the Holy Spirit that prays through us that we can use, pray, pray hour after hour as we desire. It accompanies the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I can pray for one minute. Or I can pray for one hour. It's up to me. The more I pray, the more edification I'm going to get. Are we in agreement? You don't want to fight? Take it outside. Let's take it outside. Joking. <laughs> Two. Now what happens is certain people that come against this, they muddle up the, the gift of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues into all four categories into one, and that's why they get mixed up. Okay. The second thing tongues does, tongues for interpretations. 1 Corinthians 14.5. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now what he's talking about here, this is a gift. This is not someone who's an interpreter that you get from you know, um, New South Wales uh, services. I need an interpreter. I bring him and sit him down. I pray in tongues. He interprets. That's not what he's talking about. This is someone who's gifted by the Holy Ghost. And it could be one, could be two, or could be the person speaking. This happens as the, as the Spirit wills. I can't bring it on. I can't set this up. And who does is a liar. All right? Tongues for edification is my personal prayer life with God. This one is to manifest what God's trying to say. The manifestation of tongues is normally presented in a public assembly accompanied by an interpretation by the same or another person. This has happened to me many times. I was praying for a guy once. He was, uh, had a sick daughter. And we were just praying in normal. We were in a house group praying. And all of a sudden, I just felt, just felt something different upon me. And I was praying in the spirit. And, and it was different. I just knew it was different. And the guy hit the deck. Bang. And then I walked over to put my hand on his stomach. And it rolled out of my tongue in English. So I believe I got the interpretation. But at the time, it was just I was young in the Lord. So I didn't know what was really going on. But the minute I said whatever I said in English, he's nodding his head and said, yeah, I heard you the first time. So he heard me the first time. So when I picked him off the ground, I said, what did you hear the first time? He goes, whatever you said in English, I heard it in that language you were speaking. God gave me, I heard it both times. That was a tongue for an unbeliever or a tongue for interpretation, whatever you want. I got the interpretation, but he was an unbeliever. Third one, Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our, some, another translation says, infirmities. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groans which that cannot be uttered. This happened to me many times. Once I was, took a, a friend of mine to a church and he, got, he gave his life to the Lord and we dropped him home and I was excited. Um, we watched this evangelist from America, this ex-mafia boss. And he was sharing his testimony and he gave his life to the Lord. And I went home and that night I fell asleep and then I woken up severely. And if anyone knows me, I sleep. Um, I put my head in the pillow, I'm gone. I'm not taking my sleep off me. My wife will be talking to me about some issue. Look, we've got an issue here. What's wrong, babe? I'm gone, you know. And I wake up next morning, she's like this. I go, what do I do? I got in trouble in my sleep. Like, what do I do? 
Anyway, I love my sleep. But it's like someone woke me up and my flesh wants to sleep, but my spirit was like, I was awake. I mean, what's going on? And then Holy Spirit came upon me. I'm in my sleep. I'm even, man, I, I like my sleep. Like, let me learn, Lord. Wake me up at seven, eight. You know, that's when I work best, you know, or midnight. Anyway, the, the, the face of the guy that, that worked for us and, and we took him and he got saved or he gave his life to the Lord, his face was like that in front of me. I'm in my bed again. Like, I could see his face and I don't know what to do. So I started praying in the Spirit. And I prayed in the Spirit. My flesh wants to sleep, but, my, my, but, but I'm just awake and I'm praying in the Spirit. All of a sudden, his face is like that, and all of a sudden, it left. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit lifted off me and I went to sleep. So, oh, well, go back to bed. Next morning, I woke up, I go, what's going on? I don't even know what was going on. So I rang him next morning and I said, you okay? He goes, yeah. You sure? He goes, yeah. I hung up the phone. Later in prayer, I was thinking, Lord, what was that? And the Lord says, the enemy came to rob the word from him. So I used you to pray for him with intercessional groanings that cannot be uttered. I didn't know what I was doing. I just was obedient. Another time where the Holy Spirit hit me, I fell on the ground like I was... Uh, my sister-in-law Mary's a witness. Who, who is she here? Remember that time at that I got, fell on the ground and I thought nobody was watching and I called up? Yeah, I'm talking about the one in, in, in the street, in the, in, the, in the homebush. You know, I was dressed nice. All you guys were hobos sitting there backpacking. There was a... There was a there, what I mean by that was <laughs> they had, a, they had a, uh, like a weekend prayer meeting at homebush. So people were there 24 hours praying, you know, and they had worship people and preachers and what have you. And I got there on the Sunday and I was dressed nicely. I was, I was somewhere and I came over like, you know, yeah, were people in backpacks, sleeping in sleeping bags. It was one of those events, you know, hippies, you know, those weirdos. Anyway, and I'm joking. Anyway, there, all of a sudden, someone got up and, uh, and I'm dressed nice, like I'm, I'm cool, you know, I'm number one, man, I'm heavy duty, me. There was me, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, all hanging out together. All of a sudden... Oh, I felt like, oh, what's going on here? And I fell on the ground and I crunched over and I was praying in the spirit, but it was like I was given, I've never given birth and man can't give birth. But I'll tell you what, something was going on. So I'm on the ground curled up like this, just like watching power play sometimes. And, and, then, and, and I'm curled up and this thing hit me severely. So in the midst of it, I don't know how long it took, but I, it lifted off me. So I'm on the ground and I got, I'm, like, I'm looking at the ground and I'm going, I'm sure he was watching me. I thought, thank God nobody's watching. I got up, I turned around, there's 500 people doing this. <laughs> that was embarrassing. And I left there. I said, Lord, what was that? He says, I'm birthing something in you you don't understand. That was in public. Talk about, talk about knocking my ego apart. <laughs> and it's happened many times. He says he prays for our infirmity. Sometimes we don't know. Do you know old Roberts University did a study? People that pray repeatedly in tongues, in the spirit, repeatedly for long periods of time. They did a study. They build their immune system by 30 to 40%. Jeez. See, but when I pray in the spirit, my mind's got nothing. They did a study where they put, a, put um, <clears throat> um, electrodes on someone's head. They said, pray in English. They prayed in English and it fires up. That's, where you, that's apparently where we talk, that we use that part of the brain. When they pray in the spirit, there's no power. There's nothing going there. It comes from our spirit, man. There's something God's doing. He says, he prays for our weakness and our infirmities. That's happened to me. And the fourth one is, which I touched on it, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not for those who believe, but for those unbelievers. But prophecy is for not for the unbeliever, but for those who believe. So there's four different types. Three of them is according to God's will. What, the first one is 
Whenever you want to turn the lights on, it's up to you. Your personal prayer language for you and God, and the rest is according to him for ministry's sake. I'm just touching on them. There's so much I could talk about. And I've been through all of these. I've, this has happened to me and through me and through others and in our church. Why? But how can I say it? God will do what he wants to do if I'm willing to be obedient and surrender to him. See, I want to be empowered by him. I want him to be in control. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is he purges the flesh that you walk in. The things that in your heart you don't want to deal with. The things in your heart that, uh, what he does, he shines the light on the things in our heart. If we spend enough time and don't give up, listen to me, he'll deliver you from every weakness you have. That's a promise. That's a promise. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. He's the third person of the Trinity. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 16, that we would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man. Where does the Holy Spirit strengthen you? In our inner man. If I was able to do this and dissect us, I'm standing here, yeah? That's my flesh. If my soul could come out, you don't see a little soul. A little nice heart. It's me. And then if I was to take my spirit out, it would be me. So in other words, who ever seen those Russian dolls where you take one out, another one out, another one out? Spirit, soul, and body. We get this idea, our spirit is just here, or our spirit's here. No, 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 it's us. If you look at the rich man in Lazarus, when he died, did he have hands? Did he have feet? Did he feel pain? Did he, please put, your, put some water in my tongue. Oh, to go back and tell my, what was he? He was a spirit in hell, fully bodied. So your spirit man is you in the spirit. What's it made of? Spirit. What's your soul made of? Soul. What's your flesh made of? Flesh. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's why we have the five senses in the natural and we have five spiritual senses. Amen? We can discern things in the spirit. Here, he's going to strengthen our inner man through the Holy Spirit. Next verse. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you are being rooted and grounded in love. Holy Spirit will bring the love of God and root it and ground it and push it in and make it grow. Why? The Bible says fear has to do with torment. God never gave us a spirit of fear. Can someone say amen? amen. He gave us the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Because fear has to do with torment. And the Bible says the love of God is not perfected in me. In Jude it says, you beloved, above all things, pray in the Holy Ghost. Keeping in the love of God. What does the Holy Ghost do? He downloads the love of God in you. I'm a testimony to that, man. I'm a testimony to that. You know why? I'm not where I want to be. But I'm a lot further than where I was. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, he digs deep. Then he uproots what's not of him and he pours in what's of him. But if you don't surrender to him, you're just playing religion. Here, it's rooted and grounded in love. Next verse. Maybe, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If we go back to the first sentence, what does it say? He'll strengthen your inner man. Whose job is to fulfill all that? The Holy Spirit. 
long as I keep, long as I stay sensitive, long as I stay obedient, long as I stay humble, and long as I stay co-reliant on Him, God will fulfill what He's started in us. Amen. Amen. And our final scripture. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope, is our God the God of judgment? The God of, what's he, the God of hope? What hope is he talking about? I hope I win the lotto. I hope Parra wins tomorrow. No. Out, get him out. Not, no prayer for you tonight. Hope here in the Bible says, it's not like a hope a win. It's the, it's the confidence and the assurance that God will fulfill and do what he says he's going to do. If the God of, is going to accomplish all things in your life, to fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may be abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want my joy to be full. Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he, he, you know what that's? He manifests the hope of God in you. He doesn't speak of himself. I love what he says here. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Who does the believing? They don't receive because they don't believe. The Bible says, believe and receive. He says, believe and receive the Holy Spirit. Our receiving mechanism is terrible because it's always based on if I'm good enough, if I've done enough, if I'm worthy enough, or I deserve more. You can go the other way too. But you know what? I get it because of his grace. He loves me. He loves you. The Holy Spirit didn't come so you can shake. And you might shake. He didn't come so you can fall because you will fall. He didn't come. He came to manifest Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then the gifts come overflowing out of there. Because if my spirit isn't alive, my soul dies. You can have all the willpower you want. You can be determined as much as you want. You can say, I'm not going to do this you want. You can break habits you want. But ultimately, if your spirit is not right, it doesn't overflow into your soul. Because without the spirit of grace, you know nothing. You're just walking like a person that's fulfilling obligations. But the Holy Spirit will show you the love of the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? See, the Holy Spirit is for you. Don't ignore him. Don't put him to shame. The Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve a, a feeling? No, no, no. You grieve a person. He can be grieved. You can sin against him. But we're not those people, amen? Listen, we're living in such a time as this that God is pouring out so much. Is your receiving mechanism ready? Are you willing to surrender? You know the biggest thing? You can't, full, you can't fill a full vessel. Can you? If I've got that full of water and I put more water, all it does is overflow. True? But if my vessel's bigger, I can put more in it. See, God's trying to empty you of you so he can fill himself with him. But while you're still in charge, I love you, but I can't fill you anymore. The more I die, the more he lives. Amen? Can we stand? Come on. Number four was 
Tongues, tongues are the signs for an unbeliever. And I really believe God's going to bring, not that it's ever left, but I really believe God's going to start moving in those giftings because it's, it's more for direction. When the early church, they said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. So they had a, a, a prayer, an agreement. And it says, yeah, and it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. There's times where Paul preached and the Holy Spirit forbid him to go to this Asia. So there's a sensitivity to know who the Holy Spirit is. And everything else works itself out, amen. So I'm not preaching out of theory. I'm preaching out of experience in this. Now my experience doesn't justify Scripture. Scripture justifies Scripture. I can tell you what the Lord's done in my life and in our ministry, but the Holy Spirit will show you through Scripture. You might be telling me, well, that's all great, but you don't know what I'm going through. I said, okay, don't go through it without the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. Because He'll only show you Jesus. And he will bring to you remembrance of everything that Jesus has taught. So I want to encourage you today. You can be like the Hoover Dam, filled to the brim, but never open the gates. Or you could be like, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I am washed in the blood. I am loved by the Father. And I open my mouth in my prayer language. What I'm doing, I'm releasing power. Because the Bible says when you speak, you speak and utter mysteries. It's not a mystery to God. It's... What does he mean by uttering mysteries? He says, I am praying and speaking mysteries hidden in Christ before the foundation of the world. I'm speaking revelation truth because you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one forming the words inside me. If the Holy Spirit's giving me my prayer language and he's giving me the words, all I'm doing is the speaking, what is the Holy Spirit doing? He's praying the perfect will for your life. Do you don't think he's going to answer his own prayer? You don't think he's going to answer his own prayer? If God formulates it, God will bring it to pass. Amen? Amen. The God loves us. But don't walk around powerless. Don't walk around hopeless. Don't walk around... Walk around as children of the King. Our armor bearer is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you, your word is true. Thank you, the great Holy Spirit. See, the book of Acts isn't just the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is restraining the evil one. So if the Holy Spirit is restraining the evil one, and the Holy Spirit was the fellow on Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and the Holy Spirit is the comforter, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, who guides us into all truth, why don't we spend enough time with Him? Lord, make it manifest in everyone's heart, Lord. Let it be to overflow. That You didn't leave us as an orphan. You didn't leave us powerless. You had a plan from the day, from day one. Holy Spirit is preparing His bride for the, for the coming of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that dwells inside you, that teaches you, empowers you, edifies you. The Holy Spirit is the one that speaks from the throne. He gives you revelation from the throne in every sphere of your life. So honor Him. Honor Him as God. Worship Him as God. 
bow your knee before him and watch what God does. If there was anyone that you could come to to know the, bl the blueprint for your life, the architect of your life is the Holy Spirit. And when we learn and be taught by him, you'll walk in the power of him and the power of his might. See, the kingdom of God is not about food or drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Here, this last scripture was, because you believe, you have love, joy and peace. Boy, do we need that right now. But we're not powerless. We have a God that is on the throne and no one can dethrone him. We have a, a, a brother in Jesus who went to the cross and gave us his inheritance. And we have a Holy Spirit that's willing to give you as much as you desire. Open that gate. So Lord, I pray now for those who struggle with that, to receive that by faith. For those who are already baptized in the Holy Spirit, but never make an effort or are struggling to pray, Lord, that you would release them to pray. This is a matter of life and death. Power's in the tongue. Lord, that those who don't know anything about this, this is the first time they've heard it, that they would be filled. I pray, Father, that your hand is not short, that your spirit is upon them, and you've anointed them to preach the good news. Fill them, Father, in every area of their life. Fill them, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. Let them hear the word like Cornelius, and they are automatically filled. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the blood that you manifest in our hearts because of Jesus went to the cross. Paul said this, I know it come with persuasive words or eloquent speech, but I came with demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. We need your power, Father. We thank you. Release your anointing upon everyone. Pour the oil of anointing on their minds, on their hearts. Let their spirit be to the overflow. And we know that you are the one and only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And we lift up holy hands to you and we say thank you, Father, for your grace. You're the spirit of grace that pour upon people. In Jesus' name, let them know that they're sons and daughters of the Most High. You're not orphans. You have a Father in heaven. He loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus says, I'll be with you to the end of the age. So we thank you, Father. I ask you to fill those that need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They need a... They may just need a refreshing, a refill, whatever, whatever way you want to call it. But if you are in need of a fresh touch, just put your hand up and whoever's next to you, just touch them on the shoulder, family, friends, whatever, and just receive the Holy Spirit. Receive now the, the wind of the Holy Spirit. Touch them now in the name of Jesus. Lord, remove every, any blockages right now, any stumbling blocks, any mindsets, any any, any doubt and unbelief, any false doctrine that has come upon them, we break it off them in the name of Jesus. We speak life now in the name of Jesus. Fill those areas of rejection, Father. Areas of, of ego, of pride, or, or hurt, or offense, Father. You would touch them now. People that, that need healing in their body. If you need healing in your body, just put your hand up and I'll pray for you. Let someone touch them. I want you to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit is here. It's not about man, it's about him himself. Release healing, Father, in Jesus' name. Let the wind of your spirit blow, Father. Emotional healing, mental healing, 
In Jesus' name. Spirit, I feel there's a spirit like a... Like an orphan spirit, like a spirit of rejection or unwantingness. Father, I ask you to fill that area now in Jesus' name. Like the life from the pit of hell. Not belonging. Don't fit in. No one understands me. Father, I ask you to touch them now in Jesus' name. Relationship restoration. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Depression and oppression leave in Jesus' name. Fill them with your mighty love right now. People that are tired and weary. Jesus says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Lift off that burden, Father. Let them have a peace that does passes understanding. Those who struggle to read or to listen or to comprehend, Father, you would open their spiritual eyes and their spiritual mind that they may receive what the Spirit of grace has for them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have a Father in heaven that loves you. Thank you, Father. Abandonment. The spirit of abandonment. Come against that in Jesus' name. Unlock their prayer life, Father. If you're willing to surrender, he's willing to pour out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill him, Lord, right now with your mighty spirit. Fill him, Father. Jesus loves you. Jesus' name. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you've been, if God's given you a word and it hasn't come to pass, keep keep confessing that word. Keep believing on that word. God is not a liar. God will bring it to pass. You speak to your sickness, your disease. You speak to your problems. You speak to any financial situation, relationships, any hurts. You don't stop. Don't let the devil push you down. You get up and you keep walking. You keep walking. Look, keep, keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on the finished work of the cross. Don't, don't give up. God is with you. He'll never leave you. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands up, Earth. Lift your hands up to heaven. Come on. God's about to pour out something right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. God is, God is not playing games. He wants to. He loves you. Come on. Take off that burden of yoke of burden. Take off those, 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 those things that would entangle you. Father, I thank you now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of mercy and love. In the name of Jesus. I speak mercy and love upon everybody right here. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for those who don't have a relationship with Him. And you think you do, but God is touching you. He's, he's wooing you back to Him to say, I love you. And you can never walk this walk without me. Because you cannot do it without Him. 
Hallelujah. Those who have been hurt by the church and hurt by Christians, let it go. Don't get robbed twice. Hallelujah. He breaks every shackle, every chain. In the name of Jesus. It's time. This is the moment for you to rise up. Come on. And we say, thank you, Father. Thank him. Thank him now. Come on. Thank him now. Thank you, Father. So we thank you for your for our wonderful grace and your wonderful mercy. Thank you for my healing in my body. Thank you for the provisions over my family. Thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, we condemn. For we are the heritage of the Lord. We thank you that the blood of Jesus still washes us today. The blood of Jesus cries out for mercy and love. We thank you that your holy angels hearken upon the word of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand before you in the grace and mercy because of the sprinkling of the blood. We thank you. The devil has no, nothing on us. The devil has been defeated. You made a public spectacle of them and you defeated them at the cross. Hallelujah. That by your stripes we are healed. That by the victory of Calvary, Jesus said it's a finished work. That we stand in victory. That you conquered and we are more than conquerors. That we could stand as sons and daughters. We have an inheritance in the Father and the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. That we don't stand here as in victory. We're not victims, but we come out of victory. Because we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are a slave to righteousness. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We walk with our heads held high. We walk that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't understand what the world says. We understand what the Holy Spirit says. He says you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. That you are the apple of my eye. Jesus came to set he set the captives free and to heal the brokenhearted. It's a finished work. There's nothing left to do. Jesus is seated in heavenly places. Why? He speaks of rest. We've got to receive what He has and walk in the power of His might. We are children of God. And the world is travailing and groaning, awaiting the children of God to be revealed. That's who we are, people. That's who we are. If we start to step into our destiny, we kick the gates of hell. We win. We've won the victory. Amen. We've won the victory. We've won the victory. Give him all the glory. You get all the glory. You get all the glory. All honor is yours. And we give you all the praise. AJ, can you mind? Is that, can you go and put that? I sing the praises to your name. I'm just going to finish off. If you have to leave, you can leave. But I just want to just. There's no words, nothing. Just, I just want you to close your eyes and just give him all the glory. Come on. See, if we haven't got a thankful heart, we can receive nothing from God. We're going to praise his name. Praise him in the, in the mud. Praise him in the pit. But you've got to praise him. Hallelujah.